What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my top 36 wide receiver rankings for week three of the NFL season. Before I do jump into the rankings, if you guys have any questions, it could be about wide receiver start sits. It could be about other positions, trade advice, waiver wire, whatever it is, you guys can drop those down below and I'll be getting back to every single person. But let's jump right into the wide receiver ranks. We're going to start it off with Cooper Cup here at number one going up against the Cardinals. Matchups really do not matter when you have Cooper Cup. The dude is just so consistently dominant ever since Matthew Stafford has gotten there. So Cooper Cup locked in here at number one. And also if we're being honest here, like the top five, I feel like all these dudes are pretty locked in here. So like, don't get caught up if you think, you know, oh, Diggs should be over Jefferson. These guys are all in your lineup no matter what. At number two, I do have Justin Jefferson going up against the Lions. Had a rougher week two performance. I'd expect a big bounce back here against the Lions. At three, I have Stephon Diggs going up against the Dolphins. Stephon Diggs has had a monster start to the season. I don't even really know what the shift is from, you know, the 2021 season to 2022. He was solid in 2021, but I mean, he has come back, you know, at a totally different level. The man looks fantastic. So high-end wide receiver one for sure. Number four, I have Jamar Chase. I'm expecting a big time performance out of the Bengals this week. Going up against the Jets, I like Chase here at four. At five, I have Devontae Adams. We just saw Stephon Diggs absolutely cook the Titans. I bet we'll see the same thing again with Devontae Adams here on Sunday. At number six, I have Tyreek Hill coming off of a monster game uh, to a balling out. Tyreek Hill putting up monster numbers in back-to-back weeks. To be totally honest, I was a little skeptical about this uh, Dolphins offense. I didn't know how they were going to support Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, both as like, you know, top 18 wide receivers. What Mike McDaniel has come in and done in this offense is truly fantastic, at least through two weeks. The way he's been able to just give, you know, so many opportunities to both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, he's just giving those two guys a massive, massive share of the offense. I mean, that's what it should be. He's getting it done. He's letting them make plays down the field. He's letting them make plays, you know, after the catch. It's been great so far. So I do have Tyreek Hill locked in here as a mid-tier wide receiver one. Right after him, I have A.J. Brown, another guy that I was probably too low on coming into the season. Once again, proving that these elite wide receivers who change teams, they can overcome situations that may not seem ideal, you know, when they step into it. Then at number eight, I have Amon Ross St. Brown, a massive riser, you know, after week two. The stretch that this man has been on going back to what, like the last six games, of the uh, 2021 season, first two weeks this year, he has been on an absurd tear. And it really feels like I can't put him any lower than this. Like he's just been so incredibly consistent. He's been dominant. He did it last year with all the weapons out of the lineup. He's doing it this year with Swift, Hawkinson, Chark. All these dudes are there and Amon Ra is still balling out. So I have him here as a mid-tier wide receiver one. After him, I have Debo Samuel going up against the Broncos. You know what we're getting out of Debo. We're going to be getting some receiving work. We're going to be getting some carries, some red zone looks. I feel like this is appropriate for him here at nine. At 10, I have Michael Pittman, and this is going to apply to Pittman and all of the other, you know, potentially injured players. I'm just ranking them at the spot where they're basically healthy. So if we're hearing, you know, Pittman's good to go, this is where I'd have him. I feel like it's easier to do this than, you know, ranking him a few spots lower because maybe he's injured, you know, like, this is where we're at. If he's healthy, playing. If he's limited, out, then we reevaluate from there. Pittman had a massive week one. I think he's going to be in this like 
back end wide receiver one range throughout the season. So I like him here at number 10. At 11, I have T. Higgins. Big fan of T. Higgins coming into the season. Still pretty in on him here. Like I said about Chase, expecting a big game out of the Bengals. I just thought that, you know, people were not viewing Higgins with enough respect, in my opinion. I feel like they were putting Chase up here and they were like, all right, Higgins is firmly the number two. Chase can be up here, but Higgins is a lot closer to Chase than he is to Tyler Boyd in that offense. I think with some touchdown luck, Higgins could be a mid-tier wide receiver one, so I still like him as a top 12 guy. At number 12, I have Keenan Allen. Missed week two with injury. I'm assuming he's going to be back this week, and if he is back, going up against the Jaguars, don't expect anything different out of Keenan Allen, especially, you know, this is PPR scoring, so Keenan Allen, definitely like a top 12 guy in my eyes. 13, I have Jalen Waddell. Just talked about Tyreek Hill a few players ago. Jalen Waddell was just as impressive in that game. He's had two solid weeks in a row. I do think Tyreek Hill is going to be the guy getting consistently more volume. But like I mentioned about, you know, the spread of the targets, they're getting Jalen Waddell involved. So he has definitely put himself in this like fringe wide receiver one territory moving forward. Another guy who's approaching that territory is Michael Thomas, who I have here at 14. Back-to-back really strong weeks. He looks healthy. He looks like he's you know close to being back to the Michael Thomas of old. So great to see there for the Saints. At 15, I have Mike Williams. Just talked about his uh, wide receiver, I guess, counterpart, Keenan Allen. He's going up against the Jaguars, coming off a monster week two that Keenan Allen did not play in. I still think he's a solid play. Definitely doesn't have the uh, you know stable floor of some of the players going ahead of him, but we know he can definitely break fantasy with some of his ceiling games. After Mike Williams, I have Cortland Sutton coming in here at 16. He's put up some solid production, even in games where the Broncos offense hasn't really clicked. I think once the Broncos offense does start clicking, he's going to be continuing to put up some really strong performances. So I do think there's probably a fall off here from Mike Williams to Cortland Sutton, but I do think Sutton kind of starts the uh, next wave of that new tier. At 17, I have Deontay Johnson. I will continue to be all in on Deontay Johnson. He has a very, very high weekly floor. He's going to command a massive target share. He just needs a little bit of, you know, fortunate touchdown luck or potentially a QB shakeup. So I will continue to bet on Deontay Johnson. And in terms of like, you know, past the season, dynasty, please, if I could see one wide receiver get paired with a competent quarterback, it would be Deontay Johnson. I know this dude with a top quarterback is a locked in top 10 receiver. So I like to see it happen. Maybe Pickett can, you know, reignite his value a little bit, but we'll see how that plays out. At 18, I have C.D. Lamb. You know, I know people are kind of off the C.D. Lamb bandwagon. I think week two was solid. He commanded a high target share. He had solid volume. And I still think he's playable as a mid-tier wide receiver too. And then when Dak gets back, he's probably approaching like that top 12 territory. Right behind him, I have Christian Kirk, who has had a very, very hot start to the season. If you wanted to rank Kirk higher, I wouldn't hate it. He's probably even, you know, going to be in a nice game script here with the Jaguars likely falling behind early to the Chargers. He's here as a mid-tier wide receiver too. I think that's appropriate, but you know, if you want to buy into those two weeks, you know, who am I to tell you that you are incorrect? After him, I have Marquise Brown. To be totally honest, he's been a little bit underwhelming through two weeks. I do think he'll turn it around. This Cardinals offense as a whole hasn't been super consistent. So I think once they start to, you know, get it together as a unit, Marquise Brown is going to prosper. I was expecting big things within the first six weeks with DeAndre Hopkins out. He definitely hasn't lived up to those expectations yet, but he still has, you know, four weeks, I guess, to figure that out. 
After Marquise Brown, I have Jerry Judy. He is dealing with an injury. We don't know if he's going to be good to go on Sunday. But like I said earlier, this is assuming, you know, he's healthy, not going to be limited. I have him here as a back-end wide receiver too. Same thing here with Gabriel Davis. Missed Monday night's game with, I believe, an ankle injury. We don't know if he's going to be ready for week two, but if he is, solid back-end wide receiver two in my book. At 23, we've got my guy Rashad Bateman, back-to-back really strong games, you know, making some big plays in back-to-back weeks. He goes up against the Patriots. I think rest of season, he's someone who's always going to be in this, you know, fringe wide receiver two territory, wide receiver 23, 24, 25, just probably sitting in that range. He's not going to have the elite volume, but he's going to be on a high scoring offense, a very efficient offense. And as we've seen through two weeks, he definitely has the ability to make splash plays, which is definitely something you need in the kind of situation he's in. Then at 24, I have Brandon Cooks, very high weekly floor, not going to have a crazy ceiling, but I expect this to be a competitive game against the Bears. Bears defense isn't anything I'm overly concerned about. So I like Cooks there as a fringe wide receiver too. At 25, I have Drake London. May seem high here for Drake London. I am ranking him ahead of some very proven fantasy wide receivers. For me, I'm just all in on early rookie production. If a rookie can come out and ball out early on, especially in a situation that a lot of people did not think is ideal. I mean, if we're being honest, it's not an ideal situation. It's a low volume passing attack. Marcus Mariota is the quarterback, and Drake London has still managed to show out in back-to-back games. In my opinion, like we've seen it. We can trust it. I'm expecting big things from Drake London the rest of the way. At 26, I have Terry McLaurin. I still do have him ranked as the highest uh, commander wide receiver. We know Curtis Samuels balled out. Same thing with Jahan Dotson. I do think we still got to give Terry that nod to be the number one but I wouldn't say I'm like overly in on him because I am expecting, you know, this commander's offense to come back to earth a little bit, especially the passing attack. Like they could be a decent passing team, but are we expecting Carson Wentz to be number two in pass attempts at the end of the season? Or I mean, passing yards. Personally, I am not expecting that. And so if the volume's going to go down and you still have Curtis Samuel and Dotson heavily involved, I'm not seeing much of a ceiling there for Terry McLaurin. So right now he's going to be a high-end wide receiver three for me. Right behind him, I have DJ Moore, another guy in a situation where the ceiling seems to be lacking. We know the talent's there. Baker has not been getting it done so far. This Panthers offense does not look great. They still have time to turn it around, but at this point, I feel like Moore is a decent floor play, but the ceiling really isn't there because the passing volume has just not been there on this Panthers offense. I've got Curtis Samuel here at 28. I'm going back and forth between Samuel as like a you know, two-week wonder, and potentially someone who could be a stud rest of season. To be totally honest, after one week, I was thinking fluke. After the second week, I'm pretty in on Curtis Samuel here, and it's because of his dual usage. He's being heavily targeted. You know, he's been their most targeted receiver so far, but he's also getting work in the run game. So even if he's seeing regression in those targets, even if Terry McLaurin, you know, becomes the more targeted guy, he is still getting valuable opportunities on the ground. He's proven he's a playmaker and he's someone that may be able to survive, you know, a dip in passing volume because he's getting that extra work on the ground. So I like him as a start this week. Very interested to see what he will do going up against the Eagles. At 29, I've got Juju. I know some people are really jumping off the bandwagon. I think I talked about this in the uh, wide receiver start set. He really had one bad week. Week one was very encouraging, you know, commanded a high target share, 
didn't even play a full game, you know, left early on, still gave you what, like I think like six receptions for 79 yards. Then week two, he doesn't do much. We can't throw away the entire like preseason expectation of him being the number one. I don't think anyone was expecting him to go out and be Tyreek Hill, be like this monster on a week to week basis. So I'm not backing off because of one bad week. Do I think he's going to be a top 15 wide receiver? Probably not. But do I think he can be a solid wide receiver three in your lineup? Most definitely. After him, we've kind of got another underperforming player, and that would be DK Metcalf. I was pretty in on DK Metcalf heading into the season. I knew he was in a bad situation, but I still thought the talent would outweigh the situation. So far, that has not been the case. I still think Metcalf is someone who's going to have these monster weeks. The problem is, is that if the consistency isn't there and you're in like a 10 or 12 team league, he's kind of getting to the point where it's like, he's not a locked in start in your lineup. And then he almost becomes useless because if he's not a locked in start in your lineup, then you're going to be missing out on those massive boom weeks. So I'd like to see a little bit more of a floor. I'm not totally jumping ship on DK Metcalf. You know, he could go out this week and 10 receptions, 150 yards and a touchdown. And then he's probably back up as like a fringe wide receiver too. But we're going to need to see some of those boom games soon because back-to-back bad weeks, if he makes it a third, then it's looking like an issue for sure. At 31 and 32, I have back-to-back Jets wide receivers, Elijah Moore at 31, Garrett Wilson at 32. I am still giving the nod to Elijah Moore and it just comes down to the usage he's had. Elijah Moore is the one wide receiver on this team who's being treated like a legit alpha in terms of snap share. And you may say, you know, Garrett Wilson's outproduced him, and that's true. But I do think it's a spot where both of these guys are just so talented. They're each going to have their games. I just think Elijah Moore hasn't had his big performances yet. I think they're coming, but I do think they're both strong starts this week. And I like both of them as prospects moving forward. Then at 33, I have Brandon Ayuk. I think Ayuk has definitely been a beneficiary of the Trey Lance injury. To be honest, I feel like most of the pieces in this offense are beneficiaries of that. But he went from a, you know, not super high volume passing attack with Lance vulturing touchdowns, where he's like, I guess, the number two wide receiver behind Debo. Now you have Jimmy G coming in. You don't have Trey Lance vulturing touchdowns. And, you know, also just like dropping back and then scrambling, you know, not throwing on every pass attempt. I think the passing volume is going to be up. I think Jimmy G is not going to be vulturing those opportunities, which is going to help out Brandon Ayuk. And if they continue to use Debo, you know, as like that wide back role, we saw last year when he was in that role, that's when Ayuk really started to break out. Obviously, that also aligned with him kind of getting out of the doghouse. But, you know, those two things kind of coexisted. Then at 34, I have Jahan Dotson, the third piece of that commander's wide receiver room. He's here at 34, you know, decently behind McLaurin and Samuel for, I guess, two reasons. The first one would be the volume hasn't been there. He's been fairly touchdown dependent. This is not taking a shot on Jahan Dotson. Like if you had Jahan Dotson in Dynasty and you've seen his production through two weeks, you've got to be ecstatic. But just in terms of redraft fantasy, the volume hasn't been there. You know, he has been touchdown dependent. And even though Terry hasn't had the volume, I do think you got to give him the nod in terms of just, we've seen production out of him. We know exactly what type of player he is. And you'd expect him to, you know, increase in that role. But, you know, with saying all that, I still think Jahan Dotson is a solid start in your lineup and have been very impressed in what I've seen so far. At 35, I have Devonta Smith, a really solid bounce back game after being shut out in week one. He goes up against the commanders. We got that uh, Dotson Smith back to back in that matchup. You know, not much to say here other than it was good to see him back. This Eagles offense is looking solid, especially the passing attack. So I think he's a solid start. 
And then the final player here is going to be Amari Cooper. This spot could have gone to a bunch of different guys. I ended up going with Cooper, had a big game, you know, in week two after a lackluster week one. I think he's a fine start. He's definitely someone, if he's on your roster, you're kind of just holding on to him. Maybe you have him in your lineup, but the goal is to be getting him, what, week like 12 through week 17, 18, whatever the NFL season ends at, because that's when he's going to have Deshaun Watson, and that's when his ceiling is going to be up there. And then just some honorable mentions of guys who are close, I think are startable, but just didn't quite make the top 36. Got Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Julio, if he plays, uh, and maybe, you know, without a Godwin injury, Evans suspended. Chris Olave is also in there, and then Jacoby Myers also. So that's going to wrap it up for my top 36. If you guys enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. If you want to see the running backs and you haven't checked that one out yet, that one is up on my channel now. Also, any questions, drop those down below. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.